Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Well, today, here on Way of Grace, Pastor Jesse Gastand will pick up where we left off last week in our studies in the book of Judges. Our time together today will move us to Judges chapter 4, looking at verses 1 through 16, and Deborah. Grace Bible Church, right here in Hayward. This is Way of Grace. Hi and welcome. Our time today on this Monday program, as I mentioned a moment ago, takes us back to the book of Judges, chapter 4, verses 1 through 16. We're looking at Deborah. Now, this is an exceptional ruler, and there is a lot to be said here in this passage before us. Join us and be encouraged as we explore this judge named Deborah. Here's Pastor Jesse with today's program. Before us, we have a beautiful sister who serves as a model of exceptionalism. A beautiful sister who serves as a model of exceptionalism. Her name is Deborah. We'll be working through four points, two uh, significantly. The third in a light way, we'll pick this back up next week. And then the fourth point, hopefully we can nail home the eschatological implications of where we are in our text. Her name is Deborah, and the title of our message today, which is part one, because we will be dealing with her at least one more time, if not two, is Deborah, the exceptional ruler. Deborah, whose name means the word of Jehovah. Deborah is the Hebrew term for the word. Yah, or Ah, or Jah, is the prefix for Jehovah. Her name means the word of the Lord. And we accept that readily because God is now occupying an an event that's taking place in this era of the judges of which I shared with you last week. You don't really have a chronological starting point here. Deborah rose up in that day, judging at that time, no beginning, no ending, as was the case with Shamgar. Remember, no beginning, no ending, just rose up. They are all within the span of an 80-year period of Israel's freedom slash return to bondage after the glorious work of Ehud. They are now being moved into a state of depletion. They are being vanquished in terms of their military Uh, power, they are being completely emasculated in terms of male authority, visible, present male authority is diminishing to almost nothing at this time because of the severe oppression of the King uh, uh, Jabin uh, and Sisera over the people. If you saw in verse two and three, he mightily oppressed them. This was not a casual oppression. This was a mighty oppression over them. And you might ask the question as a kind of getting in front of the way I'm going to unpack this. What happens when you and I are under mighty oppression? 
for long periods of time. You might ask that question because it will give you some insights as to what, what Deborah is finding herself doing in a position where she shouldn't be, dealing with matters that she shouldn't have to deal with. But nevertheless, by God's providence is there. Some of y'all know what I mean. I shouldn't be here, but I am. I'm not really the one that should be occupying this space, but I do. And since I'm here and since I am, I'm going to submit to God's will the best way I can to actually contribute to integration and not opposition and tearing down. Because we already see that going on by the power that has dominion over the people of God at the present time. It really can be stated this way that Deborah is an exceptional woman who lived in an exceptionally depressing season. And she demonstrated exceptional wisdom in what must be understood as an exceptional calling. Ladies and gentlemen, Deborah was the exception. She was not the rule. She was the exception. She was not the rule. Once the exception becomes the rule, then there's no longer an exception. Once the exception becomes the rule, then we no longer have what is called the exception. There was no, uh, there was no usurpation or, or authority on her part where she just took this position. There was no unlawful delegation on the part of re- rebellious men that put Deborah there. Uh, as we have in our churches today, a lot of times we are dealing with people out of position. Men are out of position and women are out of position. And sometimes men are out of position because they are derelict in their duty. And at other times, women are in position because they willfully usurp positions of authority because of the weakness of men. In this case, she's not doing that. Deborah's a godly woman. We're going to see her characteristics here. But she happens to be in an exceptional situation. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Raise your hand if you know your Bible well. I do not suffer a woman to rule over the man, but to be in subjection, as also says the scriptures. Right. And in this particular context, bless her heart, she has a ton of gifts that are going to be necessary for the deliverance of the people of God. But what she is an indicator of is the derelict of duty on the part of men. And that's just true. Get it, suck it up, understand it as so God will use anything he wants to to deliver his people when they are foolish enough to trade the one true and living God for an idol, which is what Israel is doing at the present time. So Deborah's powerful. I mean, we're getting ready to highlight her gifts. Please understand that. But if she had her way, she would not be here. If she had her way, she'd be back at home with Lapidoth, her husband. If she had her way, she'd just be raising children and teaching the women. She's a mother in Israel. If she had her way, she'd be helping women know how to love God and raise their kids and submit to and help shape good men. Because good men need good women. Ain't no doubt about that. If she had her way, but God's calling her out because we are fitting Isaiah chapter three very clearly where Israel is in the takeaway again. Y'all know how I talk around here. And that's where our text is. She's an exceptional woman in an exceptional season. She's an exception to the rule. She is not the rule. And so as we work through this text, what we will discover is that no one could forbid her godly wisdom. So let's work through the tension of her being somewhere she shouldn't. But boy, she is working it out. That sister is working it 
out. Verse point number one in your outline, verses four and five, her significance as a wise woman. Would you call Deborah a wise woman? Absolutely. Now, if you do that, you better know what wisdom is. You, you want to use that adjective, you better be able to describe it, particularly in terms of a biblical worldview. But look at what verse four and five says. Now, Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lapidoth, she judged Israel what? At that time. See what I'm saying? God didn't give her a starting point or ending point. It's just that here she is. But what he does uncharacteristically, because she's an uncharacteristic judge, he lets us know that she has a head over her. Do you see the text? You see, the text tells us that she was the wife of Lapidoth. And she judged Israel at that time. It was so very, very important. Look at verse 5. And she dwelt under the palm tree of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in Mount Ephraim. And the children of Israel came up to her for judgment. I wish I had the map up. Try to pull it up, Tanshiel. See if I can point it out to you. We are right now in the region of Bethlehem and Judah. That area of, of Bethlehem and Judah, and Judah, bump, Judah bumps up, Bethlehem bumps up over against Jericho. And Jericho, as we learned last week, two weeks ago, is where many of the palm trees were, okay? Many of the palm trees were there. And can you imagine Sister Deborah? She says, if I'm going to serve these people, at least I'm going to have some shade over my head. Because these matters are hot issues, And I need to be as cool as I can be. And uh, the palm tree in the scriptures represent God's righteous people. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. And it's an indication that Deborah, Deborah is operating out of God's righteousness and God is blessing her administration. And I'm all down for it. She does it out in the open where people can come to her, where there is no possibility of any kind of allegations of impropriety on her part. Because she is in the complex situation of being a female judge and there never was one and it was never legislated according to Moses that there should be one. She knows she has to be careful for everybody that's insecure, everybody that's wicked, everybody that wants to read into what she's doing, her motives, her methods, all of that. She's got to be very careful. I call her a wise woman. Pop my judgment seat up in the open under the palm trees. And when the dates come, make me some date cake like I've been deliciously eating on for the last three weeks. You know, dates are sweet, don't y'all? Do you know that? It's a beautiful thing. And our sister is operating openly in that era. She dwelt under the palm tree of Deborah. They named the palm tree after her between Ram and Bethel in Mount Ephraim. The children of Israel came up to her for judgment. Three fundamental things I want to pull out there. And that is the sub point A, exercising the spiritual gift of what? She's exercising the spiritual gift of prophecy. And that's going to emerge out in a moment as part of the directive for fighting a battle. But the phraseology here would help us to understand that that is what she primarily did as a woman of God encouraging the 
other women of God and encouraging the children of God and encouraging the community of the people of God where she may have received that word from God for guidance and direction, she would prophesy. And her prophecy will come out in two forms, direction as to what God's will is and the modality of prophesying in the context of singing, which is what chapter five is all about. Her and Miriam had a lot in common. In other words, your worship must be God-centered. It must be biblical. It must be Christ-exalting. And in such, you have what is called the spirit of prophecy. So Deborah was a great uh, musician as well in Israel. So under point number one, sub point A, exercising the spiritual gift of prophecy, sub point B, operating under the headship, under headship as we stated, as a judge. The text tells us again in verse four, part B, that she was the wife of one Lapidoth. Lapidoth. Now the Bible reaffirms for us how God structures the relationship, particularly within the domestic order of the home. First Corinthians chapter 11, one, let's lay this out quickly. I will not go into an apologetic around it. All men don't rule over all women. And all women don't submit to all men. You do have to know that. We're talking categories here. Does that make sense, ladies and gentlemen? Now, people do debate that and they like to stretch that out. Our Islamic brethren would have it that way if they could, that all women are under the authority of all men. But because our God is not a God of confusion, we know that can't be the case. Boy, we would be seeing confusion all over the place if all women were to be under the headship of all men. Would that be confusion? Can I tell you what would happen? There would be treason, my sister, by the women. They would go into guerrilla warfare and start taking us out. Do you understand that, Nairobi? If all of our sisters had to just submit to any old crazy nut, they would go undercover on us. And the next thing you know, the population rate of the brothers would be going down. And we'd be wondering, what is this phenomena? The women are increasing and the brothers are diminishing. They're changing the data. I'm here to tell you. No, it's speaking in terms of covenant frameworks. A woman is under the headship of her husband as she would be under Christ. As the church is under the headship of not any male entity in the world, but under Christ. No one else has authority over us. Get that. Not Sisera, not Jabin, not the kings of the Canaanite, not the Biden administration or the Trump administration. No one has authority over the church, but Jesus the Christ. We start walking in that we might find our power. We might find our prophetic power and our judicial legislation might begin to work to recover. I thank you for that. You would be able to see Ephraim up in the center of the map and Ephraim would be just a bit uh, north of Jericho as you see there. That is the whole area of palm trees. You see under Benjamin, Jerusalem, and you see Bethlehem. You young people certainly can see it. And this is the area in which uh, this is the area in which our dear Our dear sister, Deborah, is working. I want you to shoot way up top. Go past Manasseh, past Issachar. And do you see Zebulon? Zebulon is the region in which our brother, and if the map went further up, you'll see Naphtali. Zebulon, Naphtali uh, is the region in which our brother Barak is about to be called. Barak lived right next door to my Savior because Barak is going to be a picture, a faint picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Now, I just want you to know by way of a spiritual direction, God is getting ready to use her to call on the north to deal with the enemies that's coming from the south. Now, when you call on the north, you're calling on God, which is on high. You're calling on the heavens to help you. And what she's about to do is by the guidance of the spirit and by the role of a rule of prophecy, she's getting ready to call on a man to handle the business that really belongs to men. She's not going to do that, but she's going to be the voice of the spirit. And we know in the Proverbs, wisdom comes under two gender categories, male and female. Wisdom crieth out. Wisdom builds her house. And our beloved sister is going to cry out for these things. So under point number, so point two, operating B, rather operating under headship, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, we want to look at that briefly and just remind ourselves what the New Testament says about that structural role. I've already given you the limitations on it, but I do want you to to remember this. And you can think about it for yourself. Again, I'm not going to go into an apologetic on this, although I do have plans on us working through a number of of, uh, deconstruction uh, arguments and, uh, and, and pathologies going on in our country now where we need to actually recover apologetically what it means to be a woman and what it means to be a man and, and, and why the word of God is our authority over all things. But be ye followers of me, even as I am of Christ, verse 2. Now I praise you, brethren, that you remember me in all things and keep the ordinances as I have delivered them to you. Paul being the servant of Jesus, he's the vehicle by which authoritative New Testament doctrine is given. But I would have you to know that the head of every man is who? That's exactly right. And the head of the woman is who? And the head of Christ is who? Now that framework is to be understood and believed without argument in the church. That It's framed by only the church. It is not framed by the world. The world should obey it because God rules over all things. But in the church of God, there is no question that the head of the man is Christ. The head of the woman is the man and the head of Christ is his father, our father, and Jesus is our Lord. There's no question in the true church. Now, when you have that, this is called what I'm teaching you guys on Friday, an organizing principle. That's an organizing principle. How many of you guys keeping up with me there? An organizing principle helps you frame every other doctrine up under it in an orderly fashion where it doesn't get lost. So what is my role as a woman? You got an organizing principle laid out right there. Whatever you do, don't violate that principle. This is the way God comes down from heaven, saves the people for his own self, organizes them, bringing them into the integration of unity and harmony under him, namely family. The church of the living God are the ecclesia called to be a family. And this is what it looks like. Paul is dealing with the heresy at this time in his church of women preachers, women priests. You understand that? Women prophetesses and women priests rising up thinking that they can minister in Corinth without a covering to act just like men. He's correcting that. Most of your epistles are corrective epistles because we love to challenge God's authority, don't we? So here we are in uh, the book of Judges going back now to sub point three to lay this out. In the book of Judges, sub point three, not only does she exercise spiritual gifts, 
in terms of prophecy, but she operates under the headship of her husband as a judge. That means she doesn't get to just arbitrarily institute um, her assessment of the legislation of the law without actually running it through her husband. Now, she's a prophetess and she's a judge, but she's a married woman helping some of y'all. Now, you may end up by the providence of God, young lady, making more money than your husband. And you may be in a position where that particular job will have a domain that you are actually exercising authority over a lot of people. But you still ought to be subject to your husband. And that where critical measures of ambiguity come in, you need to really get the wisdom and approval of your husband if you're going to stick your neck out to make a judgment that's going to harm other people. Am I making some sense? Here's the reason why. You ready? Because in terms of your covering, God views your husband as your covering, not your boss, not your position, not your authority, not your job, your husband. And this sister never walked out from up under her husband's covering to exercise her gifts. And that's why God blessed her eminently. See, because you know what she's doing? She's holding the organizing principle in, uh, as a primacy of her rule. Is that not right? She's helping everybody understand you don't violate these rules just because you got a promotion. So what? You still understand that God is head, Christ is head, my husband is head. This is how we support the gathering of the kingdom of God and not the scattering. All right, so our sister is exercising these, these wise, wise rules. Subpoint C, pull that up briefly so we can move on, answering the legal needs of the people. In Deuteronomy chapter 17, verse 11, you're going to have a clear indicator of the protocol, the, what we call the oikonema, oikon, uh, oikonoma of the people of God, the economy of, of legislation when they got in trouble. And here's what Moses, by the Spirit, said should occur. In Deuteronomy 17, 11, and there are many other places, um, I think I'll start back at verse 10, see if I can contextualize that, Tanshia. Thank you. And you shall do according to the sentence which they of the place which the Lord shall choose shall show thee. This would be every place where God would have adjudication set up. He would have court systems all across Israel set up and he would put qualified people there and the common people would go there to get judgment as to know what's going on, like we do in our own jurisprudence because ours is based on the Bible too, whether you want to admit it or not. We are very reflective of a dual Christian framework of jurisprudence. Notice what it says. And he shall choose and show thee and you shall observe to do according to all that they inform you. Now he's going to explain who the they are. Look at verse 11. According to the sentence of the law, which they shall teach you and according to the judgment, which they shall tell you, you shall do. You shall not decline from the sentence, which they shall show you to do to the right hand or to the left. So when you go to these authorities and there are they, not just them, you're going to get two categories. You listen to what they say and then you do it. That's all that is. By the time you get to them, what God is saying is I will have furnished them with the proper answer for you. When you go away with it, just walk in it. You don't argue with them. You don't debate with them. You submit to them. This again is maintaining what is called the organizing principle. Notice what it says in verse 12. Here it is. And the man that will do presumptuously will not hearken unto the what? To the priest that stands to minister there before the Lord God or unto the what? There's your tandem. 
So you have the priest, the priest in the local jurisdiction of wherever he was. You had you notice they had their own cities, their own suburbs. You went to the priest because the priest was the one you go to commonly for understanding the law. And the priest's lips should keep knowledge and the people should seek the word of the Lord at their mouth. Priests in the Old Testament are really ministers of the gospel who know the word of God well and are submissive to the rule of God so that the people can avail them frequently as they need to, to get a judgment and walk in it. Every now and then they have to rise up above the priest because the matter may be too difficult and go between the priest and the judge. So the judge is there to deal with what is called controversy. And on that note, we will close out today's broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand, the ministry of Grace Bible Church right here in Hayward. If you have questions about our broadcast, maybe you would like to spend some time with us worshiping the Lord. We would love to see you. You can get all of that information and reach out to us through our website at grace-bible.com. That's grace-bible.com. Listen to past sermons as well as guest preachers. Again, at our website, grace-bible.com. We'll even let you have any of the notes, sermon notes, that are available from these sermons as well. Again, there's an awful lot of resource material available at our website, grace-bible.com. If you'd like to reach out to us by phone, our number is 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. Sunday services here at the church are at 1030. Friday evening Bible study is at 6.30, Tuesday prayer and Bible study again at 6.30, directions and information again at our website grace-bible.com or by calling 510-886-9782. Would you prayerfully consider partnering with this ministry as we reach out to the Bay Area and the world (laughs) on the World Wide Web? We do so because we are linking arms with other listeners such as yourself. This is a listener-supported ministry. Your gifts, no matter the size and no matter the volume, are great help as we continue this ministry called Way of Grace. Consider that as you reach out to us and join us again next time for another broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastan. Say, we love Jesus anyway.